Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSEN. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line Tuesday from the Circus Sportsbook Studios. We're downtown Las Vegas, and uh, we've got Mike Pritchard here, former I'm NFL here. wide receiver. I'm Ben Wilson. Hope all of you had a lovely uh, holiday day off. We don't take days off, Mike, but for the people who did, <laughs> we hope you had a great uh, holiday stretch and some time off. There are a lot of bowl games today. We have a lot of NFL news to get to as well. Game about to kick off the Camellia Bowl. Georgia Southern going to close six-point favorites over Buffalo. Any action there? No action. No action. Yeah, I'll Maybe some in-game. We'll see if anything Maybe. pops. <laughs> Let's kick it off as we speak right now uh, down in Montgomery, Alabama. Also, Will Hill, our outstanding VEASAN do-it-all analyst, and Josh Applebaum, host of VEASAN Morning Daily Bets, our two guests today. Uh, some news this morning, though, in the NFL, Mike, before we get to our Monday Night Football discussion, J.J. Watts of the Arizona Cardinals announcing his retirement this morning. Not many betting implications here, but there could be an angle looking ahead to Week 18 when it is the final game for Watt. Uh, this is uh, a man who will play his, his 150th career game this coming week and is someone who is, uh, at this point, Mike, 111 and a half career sacks, an incredible career for the 33-year-old. Not a surprise given all of his late career injury issues that he is uh, calling it a career right now, I would think. Yeah, I get to start the clock now on his Hall of Fame induction five years from now. We'll, we'll certainly see that. J.J. Uh, Watt, a uh, tremendous player, uh, tremendous uh, participant in the National Football League, if you will. Um, Walter Payton, man of the year. I mean, he's done it all. Uh, defensive player of the year, uh, leader, you know, you could probably call him an icon when, depending on the situation for him uh, of what he did to the league too in that position. So uh, a big guy, you know, we haven't seen big guys uh, do this for a while. You got to go back to uh, Reggie White and people like that, right? Uh, and J.J. Watt uh, was just tremendous as he kind of changed that position a little bit, kind of brought it back, brought yeah. it forward from the Reggie White days when you had just a menacing defensive end with the ability to get after the passer. Uh, but he could play in a 3-4, 4-3 all over. He played defensive tackle too. So uh, just a guy that, um, again, moved the game forward, I, I thought, because you know you look at the Aaron Donalds, you look at a lot of other players that are in the league right now, and uh, you know without a J.J. Watt, coming forward and producing the way he did. I don't know if you look at players like that to be creative that way. Right? So rare now. Yeah, it is. 16 sacks at least in four of his mm -hmm. seasons, three-time defensive player of the year, but probably the in the brief history of the Houston Texans. I mean, their most impactful player oh, yeah. in franchise history, and it's mm -hmm. not even close in the in the two decades now we have, right? Right. They'll, they're giving out statues now, so maybe Houston maybe will get one give him a statue outside that state. Who knows? But no, uh, great career. He's only 33 years old. Uh, right, yeah. so he's got a he's got something else uh, up his sleeve, I'm sure. I but am sure. a family now, and and so get to enjoy that a little bit more. But uh, the guy's only 33 years old, though. We'll talk about this next week as well because this is now the time of year handicapping NFL can become so difficult with trying to figure out motivation, right. where teams are at. Look at Week 18, though. I know it's been a dumpster fire of a year for Arizona. Mm -hmm. Could be Cliff Kingsbury's final game as oh. head coach. Uh, could, obviously, as we know now, with JJ Watt announcing his retirement, it will be his final game 
as a defensive end for the Arizona Cardinals. How many faces will be gone from Arizona? They go to San Francisco Week 18. Right. Most likely will not have anything to play for. Locked into uh, the three seed. And it, if you read the tea leaves, it sounds like San Francisco very confident in themselves, whether it's the two, whether it's the three. I don't get the sense, Mike, they're going to go all out in Week 18. Mm-hmm. And they want to get themselves healthy and, and protect things there in San Francisco heading into the playoffs. It might be it might be an angle, at least looking at, at Arizona, at least in some sense. Coming out, we saw them play with emotion the other night against Tampa right. Bay when Arizona had nothing to play for there. Wonder if that manifests itself next week against San Francisco. I think it could, but then you got to also wonder how good they're going to be, too. I mean, how good are the Cardinals at this point? Uh, I know the effort and everything, and you're right. I mean, the backups for... Uh, San Francisco, they're, they're going to put up a great effort. They're going to try to get fine-tuned and ready for the playoffs. The starters, uh, I think Kyle Shanahan and, and San Francisco, they should view it as a bye week because only the top seed gets the bye week, right? But now if you have kind of solidified things and, and you know who your opponent's going to be uh, in that first week of the playoffs, go ahead and have the bye week uh, right there. So uh, resting your starters that way uh, is it, something that you can look forward to, uh, I think, in that situation. But you know, for the Cardinals, yeah, it gets tough because you got guys that obviously, if Kingsbury steps down, you know, that's going to extrapolate out to other coaches. Like, what are they coaching for now? They're coaching for jobs. They're coaching for positions. They're going to be jockeying. They're going to be making phone mm-hmm. calls. So, you know, keep me in keep me in mind when when you are hiring and or looking for this or looking for that. Uh, same thing with players who are pending free agents or. You know, if you're in a situation where you're an older player, you, you might be getting traded or you might be asked for a salary reduction or a restructure of your contract. I mean, all those things are in, in, in the air right now and, and all on the table, especially for that franchise. I mean, that franchise is in a bad way. I, from a GM standpoint, you don't know what direction. I think I know what direction they're going to go in. Uh, a head coaching standpoint. And now you have the quarterback. I believe he's had surgery. But if he hasn't had surgery yet, then Kyler is going to miss all that next year. Think about that. They yep. just paid that guy all that money, didn't do anything for him this year, and he's not even going to be available available for that football team next year. So what head coach wants to step into that? Uh, so, you know, file that away for the Cardinals oh, moving yeah. into 2023. I mean, the disar- disarray continues for this organization. That's why the nuance, too, of the final couple weeks of the year. It- it's really hard because you can make you can find individual angles to make cases for on mm-hmm. specific teams wanting to play hard. And yet you could also look at the overall states of certain franchises and oh. say, OK, there's there's just nothing here. I would have I would. It'll be really interesting to see where that week 18 line goes. If it's all if it's Brock Purdy plus. San Francisco backups against Arizona. San Francisco would still be favored, you would think, even mm-hmm. even despite uh, sitting all their guys. Another team that is likely to sit players over the last couple weeks in some form or fashion is the LA Chargers, ninth team to clinch a playoff spot. It happens last night, 20-3 to win, as under was the best bet you could have made in the, uh, in the first post-Christmas NFL game. The Chargers take down the Indianapolis Colts 20-3 on the road, cover all numbers, took a lot of early week money, despite some late buyback to the Colts, driving that number late back down to Chargers minus 3.5. But going forward now, Mike, second postseason appearance in really the last decade here for oh. the Chargers, a franchise mm-hmm. that has had issues of their own. Are you now a believer going forward for a team that wasn't all that convincing despite that what that box score might tell you there 20 to 3. Well, it's interesting because the Colts have a good defense though. Like, I mean, if the Chargers are all about their offense, their defense stepped up too, I thought, but you know, the Colts are miserable offensively. Um, we'll get to the betting angle on that in a second, but moving forward with the with the Chargers, I mean, Anthony Lane got to the playoffs his second year, Staley gets to the playoffs his second year. So, they're tracking in the same way. Uh obviously Anthony Lane had a had a better record that year, but um, no, I, I think the Chargers a few weeks ago, I mentioned uh, on Follow the Money uh, with Mitch and Pauly about, you know, there's a team that might just be getting started because we all know who the hot teams are right now in yeah. AFC, uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati. But there's a team that might just be getting started uh, when you look at the month of December into January into the playoffs. And it was the Chargers because of that quarterback. The quarterback in his first few years in the National Football League sets a record. I mean, I, I look for things like that, kind of like with the Cincinnati Bengals last year. When you had four players on that offense under 25 years or 25 years or younger, all did something that never has been seen before in the history of the National Football League. Okay, that parlayed into an appearance in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I'm not saying or suggesting that for the Chargers, but it's starting to look and feel 
uh, that way with the charges in the quarterback. So um, I, I like the direction they're going. I like the fact that they can add some premium players along the way. And uh, that's uh, Bosa, Joey, uh, if he can stay healthy or get healthy. That helps. Right? That would help. Uh, but no, they, they are profiling uh, uh, as a team. We'll get in, into it further and do the show as well about a team that looks like they're getting hot or just beginning that way. Yeah, it's funny, too, that you bring up the comp between the Chargers this year and the Bengals last year. Because mm-hmm. I look at what happened to Cincinnati a season ago and say, in general, when you have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, mm-hmm. sure, you have a generational quarterback in Joe Burrow, but it, it is a very, very rare occurrence to see a team make a run like Cincinnati did to the Super Bowl right. with an offensive line that bad, giving up the most sacks in the NFL. And it's not something that should be viewed as a blueprint for success going forward. Yet here we are. The Chargers have this terrible offensive line who cannot protect Justin Herbert whatsoever. You look at the offensive line, the, the passing numbers that you like to make fun of me for, but when you look at them, Chargers have been a bottom 10 offensive right. line protection unit all season, whether mm-hmm. that's pass block win rate, whether that's pressure rate allowed. They're 20th or worst in the league in that. You saw Justin Herbert take four sacks last night, right. and you just now wonder, okay, against the elite defenses that they will face in the AFC playoffs, from the offensive end, is that really a sustainable path going forward? Even though we just saw Joe Burrow in Cincinnati basically look that right in the face well, and, and overcome it last year. Well, let's extrapolate here because the Colts have a top 10 passing defense, right? And a scheme that makes it difficult for you. Gus Bradley. And Gus Bradley familiar with Justin Herbert too. Um, so that's what you're going to have in the playoffs. You're going to have teams that are familiar with what you do with your scheme. But are you different? And if you watch that game, which, you know, you did, and a lot of people did in terms of, like, I study it, right? And, and mm-hmm. so what can the Chargers get to? What can the Chargers adapt to, adjust to? And it's like, okay, there's answers out there for situations in which when teams know what you're doing. Uh, and we saw that last night, and that's what's encouraging. I mean, um, I saw a running game materialize a little bit when they needed it. Not not a dominant one, but when they needed it, like a 12 play drive, what I think when nine plays were running plays and they wore the defense down. I mean, you simplify the game too and you get in scoring position, but when Justin Herbert needed to make a throw and receivers needed to get open or, or running backs or tight ends, they did, you know, and it wasn't always scheme oriented too. Mm-hmm. So it was more a matchup. So uh, that's encouraging uh, when you watch the Chargers right now. Yeah, I totally understand where you come from. Yeah. I, I also think of it and say, okay, for a Joe Lombardi led offense mm-hmm. that, so led the league in design pass plays called at 70% this year <laughs> oh, no. with an O-line that, yeah, and look, let's be honest here. I mean, when you try to win a game with your defense on the field for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, 50 minutes, in a sense, for Indianapolis, you aren't going to win games. And you're going to you're going to get bogged down at some point and, and kind of crack. That, to me, is really more than anything what happened last night. If, if the Colts had any semblance of an offense... I don't know that we're having this conversation because yeah. the Chargers just kind of by you know, by by you know wearing down the Indies defense, it, it eventually was bound to happen. Have some right. success, right? Absolutely. The point is, I don't know that I'm really sold on it. <laughs> You're not sold yet. yet. At least we'll see them in the playoffs. Maybe by the end of the show. I'll by the, all right, <laughs> that might be a featured right route wrong back for Mike Richard because we still have a lot more to get to on the Lombardi line coming up next. We'll dive into some of the circa implications going into Week 17. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my my game. Game. <laughs> You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, Mike, even if you were not an entrant in Circus Survivor uh-huh. this year, you still you still had to feel a little twinge of pain oh. for the plight of one Mad Dog 2, oh. whoever that gentleman or fine lady is out there. I, we, we send our condolences, Man. who nearly won the over $6 million Circa prize on Saturday night, only needed the Las Vegas Raiders to not pull a... Raider. We call it, you know, we say the Chargers like the Charger, Mike, and I think we're going to have to term, coin the term Raidering is what happened Saturday night. That kept the contest going uh, into, as you saw, the four advance out of Week 16A. That one entrant, Mad Dog 2, on the Vikings would have won it all had the Steelers gone down. So again, in Circus Survivor, you have to pick one team, just one team to win every single week, and you have to do, uh, there are separate uh, weeks for Thanksgiving and for Christmas as well. So we had Week 16B. That just happened, and uh, Mad Dog 2 went with the Dolphins. That did not work. So down to three after the Buccaneers barely got there in overtime. One entrance, enemy within two had the Chargers. So down to three, mm. and I, you're somebody like you, you. You have the teaser syndicate, Mike Pritchard. Yes, sir. You are uh, you, you and Brady Cannon talk uh, survivor strategy every week. A football contest on, uh, show. Yes, uh, on the football contest show here on uh, on Beeson, which you can check out usually on on Saturday nights. So. Now it's like, what if we put uh, Mike Pritchard in oh. Brown up one, Jed four, an enemy within two shoes? What are you doing here? Who have a number of available teams. Now, these are all the teams that are favored uh, this week. So, based on who they've selected throughout the year, you have one entrant that has seven different favorites, one that has five, one that has four. If you've got a potential for six million on the line, and we assume there have been a lot of, there's been some hedging and some maybe some investors who monetizing, as Mike Palm likes to say, monetizing yeah. Yeah, is a great, uh, great way to phrase it. <laughs> uh, what uh, what direction are you looking at here? What teams do you feel like you could actually trust, given the uncertainty around who's playing, who's sitting? And who is actually good enough to uh, hold serve at, at this point in the year? I mean, we got to go with availability uh, for these players, these three uh, entries here. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, you would love, you know, the situation of having a team like Kansas City, you know, right, and uh, available. Uh, you would love to have a, a team like San Francisco, who's a road favorite. But is it going to be a road favorite situation for San Francisco? I mean, I think coming to Las Vegas, uh, a lot of fans are going to come out from the Bay. Because uh, that's a battle of the Bay in Las Vegas, neutral site, if you will, uh, right? Yeah. But but the way that San Francisco playing and what the Raiders are entertaining to do with Derek Carr, we'll get into that too. But um, but you know, it's all about availability, right? For for these for these entries here, um, right? And we can and we can probably start. We can cross off like the teams that are available that, yeah. that don't have much to play for. Mm-hmm. Where you don't like you don't want to play with fire. There, so like I would posit Chargers. Who uh, you look at the list. One team has you cross off the Chargers. I get that they're playing the Rams. Yeah, they're a six and a half point favorite. You can't really again. You can't. I, to me, you cannot trust the Chargers, especially the week after clinching postseason right. 
clinching a postseason berth with nothing to play for. I cross off the Chargers. I, I cross off Jacksonville going to a very uh, live Houston team where mm-hmm. the game means nothing this week for both Jacksonville and Tennessee. It's already known that the Week 18 matchup between the two teams will determine the AFC South championship. So it's hard to trust Jacksonville, even again, taking on a bad Houston team that did just, uh, by the way, win and take out Tennessee last week. So cross, I would cross out those two teams. You're not going to take Denver. You uh, well, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, regardless, right? Uh, that, that, well, I'm uh, just looking at availability. Uh, right, like, I, that's right. I, that's we don't need to go down that. Yeah, uh, that, so I, look, cross out those two at, at at first and try to figure out okay, which teams that are actually playing for something matter here. So look, at, of the of the teams, these guys have available. Look, at, and and Atlanta, you could make the case because that's a, you know, they're a favored. No, neither team has anything to play mm-hmm. for, so I don't know if you really want to do that. Uh, <laughs> trusting Desmond Ritter with over six million on the line, but look, Detroit. Huge game for the Lions. I would, I would be, I would kind of think that that would be a, a, the initial lean. The Giants would be would be the number two for me. Mike hosting this this awful Indianapolis team, and the line this morning has already moved up to five from the opener. Look at a three and a half with the Giants needing to win to to clinch a postseason right. berth. And I, you know what? Honestly, the Washington Commanders is a really intriguing one to me. I, I want oh. your thoughts on that because seven seven and one hosting a Cleveland team that I don't think neither you nor I are sold on whatsoever. Yeah. But well, can you trust, given the lack of cohesion at quarterback, and we don't know yet, I mean, Taylor Heineke versus Carson Wentz, the fact that we're even having the discussion is kind of ridiculous. That is a team I would be tempted to look at and go against the grain on, actually backing Washington, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel on the Well, side. I mean, for this contest too, I mean, it's, it's really crazy because you think about, like you mentioned, Jacksonville, right? Um from an availability standpoint, there you go. All three have them. But, uh, you know, it's in the division, too, and it's, and it's tricky because they're on the road. Um, and, and the thing about, like, New England, I don't know if you're going to do that, even with the backup quarterback mm-hmm. situation now. Uh, maybe you do. Uh, <laughs> do you know what's going to do? We got to get to the Mac Jones stuff, too, right? I mean, there's so much that goes into this decision, not, let alone, uh, uh, you know, $6 million up for grabs here. Uh, so, man, I... From a strategy standpoint, game theory standpoint, and you know what the, uh, the other t- uh, two players have in terms of availability, do you kind of do you try to guess what they're going to do? Do you try to get in front of that? Yeah, I obviously knowing that you're going to monetize regardless, yeah, right? There, there's a lot of different angles. And, yeah, and and the way the game theory works, yeah, is the more I look at this and think about this, as as much as it it would make make you a little bit nervous to do. Backing the Giants is honestly the play that would right. give, me, give me the most confidence. And I look at Indianapolis. Don't you just oh. don't you get the feel, Mike? And, and we mostly talk about the Chargers angle from last night. At least looking at our Monday night recap. But the Chargers feel like a dead team in every sense of the word. Despite their defense, I mean, the defense played really, really hard yeah. for about forty minutes. Didn't, didn't get any help from the offense. Nick Foles throws three interceptions last night in his first start. You would think Sam Ellinger. They at least throw him out there to see what they have. But this is going to be, you know, final two weeks of the Jeff Saturday experiment. It's it's not gone well ever since the upset win in Las Vegas yeah. against the Raiders. I, I do find myself believing, even though I'm not a believer in the Giants long term, I would trust them in that particular. Well, spot. because Dable is a good coach. You I mean, obviously they're going to have this team in the playoffs. I mean, that to take a team like this to the playoffs. I mean, that speaks volumes of, of the coaching ability uh, of Coach Dable and his staff. Um, yeah, I mean, the Colts on that side of things with Nick Foles going at quarterback, that was a perfect in-game uh, last night uh, because he's he's less mobile than Matt Ryan at this stage, right, in his career. And, uh, you know, the reason why Nick Foles was there is no longer in the building. That was Frank mm-hmm. Reich, right? Uh, because you have two quarterbacks that you want to work with and you're familiar with. Okay, you have Nick Foles as your backup. You won a Super Bowl with him as you were a coordinator with Philly. It goes on and on and on, but he's no longer there. And... Okay, Nick Foles is playing because they have no other option. I mean, Ellinger could have played, uh, but for whatever reason, Saturday wants to go with the veteran. And uh, I couldn't imagine that he looked great in practice. Uh, apparently, they thought he did, and um, that was enough for him to start. But I, you're, you're at the bottom of the barrel there. And, I mean, from a betting standpoint, from an in-game standpoint, that, that, you could have saw that immediately. Uh, in that game, the Chargers need, just needed to put together a couple of drives yeah. in that thing. Um, so, you know, I think if you like the Giants in this situation, if you do believe that Coach Dayball is a, is a sound head coach and he'll have this team ready, Daniel Jones is playing for his future. You know, um, 
there's a number of players playing for uh, a better position uh, with their contracts. And if they go to the playoffs, which it looks likely, uh, and they play well, then, okay, these guys yeah. are going to get considered uh, for a nice uh, payday too. So there's a lot of factors right there. But from an availability standpoint, you got two, uh, two people in Survivor that have the Giants available. That, that, ha- that can't use it. And Detroit's yeah. the other one you right. probably start with. I don't know about you. <laughs> when I watch a Lions team that just gave up a record oh. number of first half rushing yards to mm-hmm. Carolina, not you know, like not exactly you know the 2007 Patriots as far as uh, offensive efficiency, the Carolina Panthers right. of 2022 go, and now you welcome in the Chicago Bears, a a run heavy offense who's been playing very hard for Matt Eberflus, even if the talent hasn't been enough to get the Bears to the promised land uh, very often this year. I still find myself uh, with with a, with a little bit of hesitancy on uh, on going the Detroit yeah. route. Now you could make the case that is for the, the teams who are available here for favorites. You could make the case you play Detroit because mm-hmm. you could make more money on the hedge with a money line on Chicago. Yeah, since you're getting a bigger plus price on the other side. But from the raw feeling of, uh, of confidence right. in Detroit, I don't know how much I really have in them right now. Well, you know what the is it irony or coincidence here of this is Derek Stevens. Contest survivor. Oh, and it's the Detroit. <laughs> it's the Detroit Lions. Think about that. The all, all, Midwest. Is it irony or coincidence here? Like, yeah. um, you could have all three entries sitting right next to Derek sweating out with the Lions. How great would that be, though? That could, or yeah, I mean, do do the contestants just decide do, between two between themselves? Let's all pick the same teams from here. That's on what I'm out saying. And, Let's uh, pick Detroit. Let's sit next to and, Derek uh, Stevens in the circle. Two million each. There anyway, it's, it's a fascinating uh, thought to, to consider. Yeah. You, know, you know, I think it's also a good pro tip in general. When you're thinking about betting, especially against bad teams, yeah. try, you're going to find out, you'll see the motivation pretty early. Colts game last night's a great example. There are in-game opportunities to be had. If we're forgetting Survivor for a second, what can happen when bad teams mm. start to show their true colors early in games? We'll talk about some of the seven and eight teams when we come back. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. College Bowl season is here, and VEASAN, as you covered, we have picked spreads and totals for every single bowl game. If you head to VEASAN.com, you can check out all of our bowl betting coverage. While you're there, now is a great time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79. You get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. If you visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe, I know you've been watching this game with bated breath. No score in the Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern and Buffalo. Nothing uh, zero zero okay. uh, with no four twenty five to play in the first <laughs> quarter. So we have the survivor conversation. Uh, our last segment. Now we flip things over to the teams right on the edge, but on the outside looking in right now of the playoff picture, looking at seven and eight teams. And so our producer Brian Ortega, who does the host the outstanding uh, Concierge Confidential podcast, which you should definitely check out. Brian, a former concierge here in, uh, in Sin City, thinking, positing the question: Are the seven and eight teams are they seven and great? Or seven and too late. Now, I, that's a great idea for Brian. I would mm-hmm. say if you're seven and uh, seven and great is sort of a misnomer of a statement, Mike. Because how can you be seven and great uh, if you're if you are seven and eight? Right. But right. it's I like the rhyme. That's cool. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, we'll go to the Pittsburgh Steelers first, who somehow, some way, Mike, through all of this, Man. find themselves in playoff positioning. Now, to be fair, it's a long shot still. Ten to one odds at this moment to make the playoffs. And a big reason why, it's it's not just that they'll be, you, know, you think about the actual lines and where they're at, and Pittsburgh, three-point underdogs this week going to Baltimore. They closed the season at home against Cleveland, where you would think Pittsburgh would be a favorite there. But it's more the fact that if you go to the tiebreakers, and that's, I think, a really good thing to understand yep. as part of these uh, these playoff positioning. And, and you might look at a make-miss-the-playoff odds, and you say, wait, 10-1 to 1 there? <laughs> They're a game back. Why wouldn't I take a flyer? Well, the Patriots, Jets, Titans all have tiebreakers over Pittsburgh for right. various uh, reasons right now. The, the the common thread one is best win percentage in conference games. And yep. if you go to ESPN.com, their uh, their playoff standings, you can you can see the reasoning for the tiebreakers, which I, I think is really helpful. So at the same time, Mike, they've won four or five. What are you seeing in quarterback Kenny Pickett? That's probably where you have to start with Pittsburgh, right? Well, what I'm seeing is the fact that Steelers messed up. They should have started the season with Kenny Pickett. And if he failed or if he struggled, yeah, then okay, then you go back to Trubisky or whatever. But they started in reverse, you know, conservative thinking. I think if it is Steelers, Matt Canada has also been an issue uh, offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Uh, But you're right. Steelers have zero tiebreakers at all. So, uh, I mean, uh, this is uh, a too late situation, if you will. Uh, for the Steelers, although they are getting hot. I thought earlier on this year, 
Uh, it could have been this year, but certainly next year. And this is what I do. I'm filing this away that this team is going to be one of those teams next year. It's a young man's game. Uh, we know that. Uh, players know that. And so you look at the Steelers, you look at the young talent, you look at that nucleus, you look at that coaching staff who is now energized because of these players that they have on their team. They're going to have another draft and all that too. So uh, the Steelers are on to come up, obviously, but I think it's too late uh, for the fact that they don't have tiebreakers, but they are playing improved football uh, as they finish out the year, though. At least the one thing that probably stands out to the most on the Pittsburgh front, a defense that, uh, with especially with T.J. Watt injured this mm-hmm. year, has tried to put things together with smoke and mirrors, but the numbers don't really indicate that it's a, a defense that you should have a lot of confidence in. Yet, last five weeks now, if you go back to week 12, Mike, it's a defense that's top 10 in the league, mm-hmm. uh, EPA per play allowed basis. Like, they have made yep. a lot of improvements and now take, and especially against the run, where they're... This is a this is a legit uh, top ten run defense right. now, and that's even with and you could partially point to T.J. Watt's return, mm-hmm. but also additional guys who have stepped up in that in that front four unit to sell out against the run. And I just look at who they play: Cleveland and Baltimore. The final two weeks, who have shown zero ability with their current quarterback situations to throw the football. That leads me to at least believe there's a puncher's chance to get to to nine and eight. Like I, I would, you know, I, if we're trying to pick between seven and great or seven and too late. Like, I, I see a path to nine pretty clearly for mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. It's just, like you say, can can things open up in front of them? But uh, winning out is totally in play, right, given the Absolutely. defensive improvements? Absolutely. I, I think it's too late for them. But, but, yeah, getting to nine wins, I think, is doable. I mean, uh, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, absolutely. You know, like I mentioned from the coaching staff, they're energized. Uh, it's a plug-and-play defense, too. They If they can find specific players that fit, the need for that defense and their defense is going to be fine. It's tried and true since the seventies been <laughs> for what they're doing, you know, and uh, it's Highsmith has stepped up. You know, I think TJ Watt back on the field has helped Highsmith uh, step up uh, on the opposite side. They can do more things with Haywood now mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of that defense too. And then certainly the linebackers are roaming past defense is suffering a little bit. They don't have uh, unique players back there. Like they, like we know the Steelers to have, I mean, Fitzpatrick is one of them. Certainly. Um, but they need more than that, right? And, and But that's that's the beauty of looking forward uh, with this football team. They're going to correct that. They're going to find those players to plug and play with, and they're going to improve. But the biggest improvement I've seen from the Steelers is offensively, and, you know, Matt Canada getting out of that conservative mode and saying, I got these young players that I got to get the ball to. Uh, and Najee Harris, I mean, from a running back standpoint, you got you to gotta use him wisely. You got to make sure that he's fresh. You got to make sure you have... Uh, a one-two as opposed to a bell cow situation with him at running back. Give Pittsburgh credit for making the adjustments, even though they've had to pull some wins yeah. out of God knows where. I mean, yeah. especially Saturday <laughs> night against uh, Las Vegas. That was oh, man. Uh, the the ultimate uh, try to find a win from you, you have no idea where. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the Pittsburgh Steelers start our list of, uh, we're focusing at least for this segment on the AFC teams. As we go to Jacksonville, a team that now, BetMGM just re-released division odds. Jacksonville is now minus 250. Yeah. To in the AFC South, minus 250, Mike, which, let's just consider this for a second. The Tennessee-Jacksonville games, they do not matter whatsoever this week because Mm -hmm. whether, look, both teams are 7-8. and Mm -hmm. Regardless of the records, they're going into Week 18. Jacksonville and Tennessee, I have to think NBC uh, should flex that game to Sunday Night Football in Jacksonville for uh, Week 18. Right. So that's why you're seeing odds to make miss the playoffs. They are not available. Have Houston this week, four and a half point favorites on the road, Tennessee at home. But what does that tell you, Mike, that minus 250, that's basically implying that the odds, that's just, that's extrapolating that out to Mm -hmm. one single game against Tennessee. And with a minus 250 odds, you're implying that Jacksonville is going to be about a six and a half point uh, favorite. At home? Uh, At home, yes. Which basically makes you try to answer the question, okay, is that uh, too aggressive a number or too light? Uh, how, how are you seeing that uh, matchup, at least for Jacksonville right well, now? Well, our two choices co- correlate, too, because you got Jacksonville and Titans on the list here. Are they seven and great or seven too late? I mean, I think for the Titans, seven and too late. Uh, Tannehill is done. Um, one-dimensional. They're, they're 50-50, but they don't have playmakers on the outside in terms of pass-run ratio. Uh, defensively, they're banged up, too. Uh, and they're going to be on the road in that game. Uh, I think Jacksonville, uh, a young man's game, right? Uh, I, you know, this is something about Jacksonville that's made an impression on me all year long. 
is that they're a constant reminder that the football, like National Football League, is a young person's game. And if you have a chance to get better and improve during the course of the year with younger players, that's going to benefit you. Uh, and you look at Trevor Lawrence, you look at ATN, you look at a number of younger players on this roster that have improved with uh, Peterson, first year as a head coach out there, is starting to look the part. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, defensively, they got to get healthy and stay healthy. Uh, but I, I think that'll come. It, that, that helps when you're young, right? You can get healthier sooner, quicker. Uh, but no, I, I think Jacksonville is, is seven and great uh, here. But that situation to have the division on the line at home is everything you played for this entire year, even though it's been an up, a, up and down year for you uh, as a franchise. I mean, uh, they're getting hot at the right time. You're looking at them on a three-game win streak, but they've been highly competitive at games at home. So from a confidence standpoint, uh, that's going to be on the side of Jacksonville. Yeah, you think about the defense. That's where I go yeah. to with Jacksonville. Because they're 30th in yards per drive allowed uh -oh. and give up they give up yards and play and big big time chunk plays in bunches. Yet everybody just watched them on a national stage on Thursday night, mm -hmm. Jacksonville against a basically a JV high school quarterback and Zach Wilson, who looked awful, made that defense look like an elite unit, like you know, pseudo eighty-five Bears esque. It's against a real offense. And again, you, you could make the case Tennessee is not a real offense right now. They have a rookie quarterback in Malik Willis who cannot throw the ball. And it is an offense entirely predicated on Derrick Henry running back. But in, in a general sense, it's like, where do we go from here now with the Jacksonville defense? And I still don't think you really can view as, as an elite playoff caliber group. It's, it's been the offense that has carried them with the rise of Trevor Lawrence in his second year at quarterback. And so that's where the concern for me would come in. And, and maybe we overvalue Jacksonville a little bit defensively mm -hmm. with how good they looked artificially against a bad offense last Thursday. So you so... They win the division or not win the division? Like oh, they do. The, they, okay. Jacksonville, yes, they, look, they a, are a real playoff contender, that kind of thing. And now, well, you know how it sets up right now, which is fascinating because we start the show talking L.A. Chargers, mm -hmm. who I would I would posit defense that is <laughs> cratered, not looked all that good, okay. that was propped up by a horrible quarterback against Indianapolis, uh -huh. the rise of a young quarterback, and a rise of a young quarterback <laughs> in Justin Herbert. There's a really good chance we get Jacksonville uh, L.A. Chargers. In that in that yeah. fourth or either that matchup or Jacksonville Cincinnati and Joe Burrow yeah. in a in a in a four, there is like there's a pretty good opportunity if, if Buffalo were to beat uh, Cincinnati this coming Monday night those are the opportunities out there and I don't I don't see Jacksonville beating either of those teams well I, I think if if Walker gets healthy uh, along with Josh Allen I mean that's two good bookends for that defense and, and you're right I mean they're they're not a great defense but are they good enough yeah especially when you have the rise of these quarterbacks. Uh, that we're seeing from the youth standpoint uh, and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it makes sense. I get where you're coming from. <laughs> Mike Richard, he loves himself some youth uh, in the NFL side. Hey, that's, yeah, that, that was, was the name of the game players, back yeah. when he played. We'll talk more on the Tennessee front because that'll be part of our Thursday night football preview a little bit later, taking on Dallas this week. Up next, the Will Hill, VEASAN do-it-all analyst, joins us. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> to the Lombardi line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi. Nevada or New York. Did you see the Clippers last night down 14 with three minutes left? Rich, imagine if you had a, a one of those uh, first basket score prop bets and, and you'd cash, and then, yeah. but you'd parlay it with like a you know Detroit money line or something, and you're up 14 with three minutes left. Yeah, and you blow. Now that we're after, I know. Now that we're after Christmas, the NBA is on my radar. Uh oh, we're yeah. getting there. Yeah, I don't, slowly but surely. Yeah, Mike absolutely. Well, right after Christmas, that's when the season begins. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope you didn't watch my Milwaukee Bucks on Christmas and be like, that's the, because they would look horrible. Gave yeah. up 139 to the Celts. Uh, we welcome in Will Hill, who is a man who's betting on all sports at all times of year. Will, knowing you, I'm looking up at the TV here in our, uh, in our studio. Georgia Southern zero, Buffalo zero. We're in the second quarter. Will, I got to think you had action here. What, what could you possibly be sweating at the moment right now? I do have Georgia Southern, and I had a walk-in touchdown. The guy was wide open, nobody near him, and he just tripped over his own two feet and fell oh, at the five-yard line. So now we're down at the one, which is uh, sort of an, a, a uh, you know, that, that summarizes this game. It, it hasn't been pretty. You know, a lot of people talk about Ohio State-Michigan being the best rivalry in, in college football. I don't know. I got to say uh, Buffalo and uh, Georgia Southern's right up there, man. Anytime oh, these yeah. teams together. They're, they're really, go, really yeah. going at it. I mean, you could tell the emotion yeah. on display. A 0-0 game there. Third and goal, though, for Georgia Southern. Let's see if we can punch it in. Uh, for a, and uh, no, that's a sub by the, loss. By of, the way, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Clippers Pistons as they get stuffed at the seven here. What a joke! Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, man. Clippers Pistons Pistons were getting five and a half up fourteen with three minutes to go, and they didn't even cover because they got blown out in overtime. So, oh, yeah, that getting this NBA stuff is, is uh, not, not easy. Uh, well, after Christmas, fellas. After Christmas. Okay, thanks, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> thank, we, uh, thank you for ma yeah. making that that point, Mike. I will go to NFL here in a second, but you are a glutton for punishment, Will, because you are betting Oklahoma State, Wisconsin tonight. That is your one uh, bowl play, one of four bowl games today. Two teams who really struggled toward the end of the year, and it's hard to know what to expect. So, what are you expecting tonight? Not a lot of offense. If you look at these teams, both these teams are using really inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, I think it's going to be like a third stringer for Wisconsin. Sanders is out for Oklahoma State. Both these teams just got mauled by the transfer portal. So you're looking at like 44 and a half for a total. So I'll be playing under that. Maybe I'll just play under 22, 22 and a half for the first half to just avoid any shenanigans late. But I don't expect a lot of points. It's an ugly game uh, and just can't expect a lot of offense with the, the shape these two teams are in. Okay, let's switch to the National Football League, uh, Will. And you got to play, and, and it involves Dallas and the Titans here on, on Thursday Night Football. I mean, uh, Dallas is locked into their seed, right? And Tennessee, I guess, has some life for that division. Uh, they're catching 10 points now uh, here across the board. Uh, what's your thoughts on this football game? I'm going to be looking to play the Titans team total under. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be 14, 14 and a half, just based on the spread in the total. This game actually doesn't mean anything for the Titans because the winner of this division is mm -hmm. going to be the winner of Jags Titans week 18. So this is a weird situation where 
The division's tied. There's two games to play, but nothing for, matters for this division in terms of the Titans this week, the Jaguars this week. So this is really just an exhibition for the Titans. Um, you know, maybe they try to get some of their guys healthy. I, I don't know if they'll play Henry. And again, I just don't know how they score. You know, you're watching Chargers Colts last night. You think, boy, the Colts could play for a month and they might not score. Kind of how I feel about <laughs> yeah. the Titans against this Cowboys who, look, the Cowboys can still talk themselves into, hey, if we win two and, and the Eagles win two, uh, the Eagles lose two and we win two, we could still win this division. So things are still there for the Cowboys. And I just don't see the Titans scoring uh, at 10, nine and a half at nine and a half. You can use the Cowboys in a seven point teaser with, you know, the Bengals, somebody else, whoever you like, because I expect the Cowboys to win this game, win it comfortably. I don't know that the Titans get to double digits and man, watching Willis the other day, you have to wonder, can Josh Dobbs be the quarterback? I have Jags tickets to win the division, so I hope it's Willis. But Willis doesn't look anywhere near ready. I wonder if they'll give Dobbs an opportunity either this week or oh. next week and just say, you know what, Willis is not ready. He's not the guy right now. Yeah, you know, that's a great point, Will. Um, and, and I don't typically do this, but I know some people that might entertain teasing totals. I don't tease mm -hmm. totals uh, because there's so much uh, movement on this total already for this game, Will. And we're on Tuesday, uh, and it's from 44 and a half uh, to 40 and a half. I see 141. Uh, were you in terms of totals, maybe potential teaser legs as well? Uh, yeah, I don't tease the totals unless it gets really low. Like in the preseason, some of the books let you tease the totals. Remember, some of them are like tw you know, 29, 30. You can just tease them down in 10 pointers down to like 20. Very rarely would I ever do that, though. There's just too much uh, uncertain here. Yeah. So I, I probably pass on teasing the total. But I do think Dallas is in a teaser leg is a, is a good one at nine and a half down to two and a half. And hey, Parsons was like minus. I don't know, 500 to win defensive player of the year. Now Bose is minus a thousand and Parsons is like eight to one. I wonder with a really bad Titans offense, if Parsons, Parsons, you know, scores a touchdown, recovers a fumble. I wonder if Parsons, uh, if he's worth a shot to take a stab on it and get back in this race with some big plays. Here. Wow. Yeah. The yeah. fact that it's been that volatile yeah. too. It seems like every year there's at least one market will where yeah. you get the mi minus ginormous favorite and it flips within the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. of the year. I'm still kind of upset as Mike knows. I complain <laughs> about it every other week. Dak Prescott yeah. comeback player of the year last year. Minus 2,000 in, what, week 14. Did not mm -hmm. win. Again, he is uh, Will Hill at Not the Willers, where you find all his great work on Twitter. And Will, we look, staying in the division, to the Houston-Jacksonville matchup. Again, it's such a bizarre situation where two 7-8 and eight teams are atop the division, and yet their games do not matter whatsoever this week, where the winner of Jacksonville and Tennessee week 18, they're going to the playoffs as the four seed, as AFC South champions. With that being said, how are you attacking the other game in the division, the, te the Texans and Jaguars matchup, looking at this week there in Houston? Yeah, I, I like Houston. I bet Houston. You're seeing some four, some four and a half. I don't think those will last because I think people maybe not paying attention with the holidays don't realize this game means absolutely nothing for the Jaguars. The Jaguars, I should pronounce it. I know Gil always gets upset when you don't pronounce it properly. Um, this is just a meaningless game for the Jags. So maybe they play their starters a quarter, a half. I can't see them leaving Lawrence out there for the full game. You know, maybe you just you treat it like a preseason game, a dress rehearsal where you get a few series, whatever it is. But uh, even if the Jags played all their guys, the Texans have been playing pretty well here. They were feisty against the Chiefs, took them to overtime, should have beaten the Cowboys. Uh, they, they won last week against the Titans. So you're home. They're getting four. Jags might punt on the second half. And you know, some of these books, I think, will let you just play the second half line before the game starts. Maybe that's a way to play the Texans, too. I know you can't play it early in the week, but later in the week, once those lines pop up, uh, Texans second half, you know what? If if Lawrence does play, probably not going to play the full game, so maybe just take the Texans in the second half as well. I know. Are you actively looking for information like that, uh, Will? I mean, uh, for me, too, it's like, why would the Texans even want to win this game? Like, they're getting right. dangerously close to yes. uh, you know, avoiding that situation, right, of, of being the number one overall selection here. Uh, and at some point, that's got to take over. That has to take precedence. Although Lovey's probably not going to be back next year, you wouldn't think so. He's probably, I, I mean, is he going to be that worried unless he's getting, uh, you know, directions from the front office? Hey, don't win too many of these games where I think they can still one, win one more. And because the Bears beat them head to head, they right. still trump the Bears for the first pick. So, hey, maybe you can win one more, but let's not win two more and put ourselves in danger of uh, falling a second here. So it's an interesting dynamic where the coach probably is not going to be back. He probably doesn't care. He's probably, you know what? I, I don't care about your pick next year. I'm probably not going to be here unless that's that that's changed. Uh, but, yeah, it's a fascinating dynamic, isn't it? Yeah, Houston, it is. a half game right. ahead of Chicago right. for the number one pick in next year's draft. Bears at 3-12 and 12. <laughs> right now. I just, just can't help but laugh thinking about well, that. Bears aren't going to uh, pick quarterback either, though. So. Right, and that's yeah. and that, that is part of it, too. Oh, that's right. Uh, they got yeah. the tie. I forgot about the tie. Yeah. So the, the Yeah, tie. you're right. So the Texans can't. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's where it becomes very, very dicey mm -hmm. here uh, down the stretch. Uh, one of the game we'll want to get your thoughts on early in the week, 
with Minnesota now going to Green Bay. Packers have life at seven and eight, have moved into a position to potentially sneak in as a seven seed. Vikings also still have something to play for because they there's a chance to uh, get that uh, one seed if, were they to win out and were the Eagles to lose their final two games. So that's not off the table anymore as Minnesota sits at the number two spot. Uh, with a line of about three, where do you see the value this week there in Green Bay? I like I like Green Bay. I'd bet it. I'd bet it now. I think we'll get to three and a half. I don't know if we'll get to four, but I just think Rodgers being at home with the motivation, even though you do have some motivation for Minnesota with the chance to get the one, they probably won't. But you still want to stay the two seed to play San Francisco in round two in Minnesota and not in San Francisco. That being said, Green Bay needs this game. This is their season. Uh, They're home. I don't know that Minnesota will travel very well. That offense that's pass heavy uh, playing outdoors in Lambeau. I don't think that's a good matchup. And look, this Minnesota defense is really bad, giving up over 400 yards per game. And Green Bay's playing well here. This is Rogers environment. This is his territory where, uh, you know, he plays well in the cold. He's going to be comfortable in this environment. So I think the Packers are live. I'm sure the league wants them in the playoffs as opposed to, you know, the commanders or the Seahawks. So it'll be fascinating if that, that game versus the Lions the final week is for a playoff spot. So I do think Green Bay rolls this week, and I would yeah. bet it now because I think we'll get to three and a half. Well, I've never been so happy to be so wrong. As I, as Mike <laughs> knows, I came on this show last week, and I was like, look, the Packers' season's going to be over Sunday in Miami, and I'm glad, yeah. Mike, that I was uh, I was wrong. Yeah, Circa's already at three and a half even, so there you uh, go. you're right Those, about that Yeah, one. the threes are juiced yeah. to Green Bay, and they're starting to get gobbled up. So yeah. uh, Will Hill already all over it. Hey, uh, Georgia Southern did get a field goal, Will, so for what it's worth, three nothing Georgia <laughs> yep. Southern on top of Buffalo. <laughs> Best of luck with those uh, both plays will and uh and and for the week 17 slate as well will hill joining us here on the lombardi line thanks will as always great to catch you up all right thanks for having me guys see you when we come back our number two featuring one of our favorite segments we have each week right route wrong route with one mike pritchard that's all still to come infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 